This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. When Derek Watts was told to head off on a road trip to find a few positive stories on South Africa's otherwise floundering public health system, he was admittedly skeptical. But to his surprise, he found medical staff and hospital management teams eager to provide equal health care for all, despite the seemingly insurmountable challenges. First up, Derek visited a hospital in the Free State, which in a matter of five years has managed to dramatically turn things around. He then hit the road to see what the audiology department at Chris Harney Baraguanath were up to and what he witnessed was truly inspiring. This story was produced by Laura Byrne. This story took us to two very different hospitals, which we actually selected for different reasons. The audiology and speech therapy department at Barra I had actually visited before in 2018 to cover their voice banking service. And I knew the department was innovative and well-run and would make a good candidate for a positive story about state healthcare. Dikla Beng, on the other hand, had been labeled the hospital of death a few years ago after a shocking story in which a patient's body had to be carried downstairs to the mortuary because the lifts weren't working. That story opened a deluge of reports about understaffing, medical shortages and lack of real management. So I approached the hospital in some trepidation. The stakes were very high for them. And while I love telling a positive story, I knew we needed to remain critical and keep our eyes open for any signs that things were not as great as the management were telling us they now were. But I have to say that from the moment we walked in, the hospital was clean, full of friendly staff and filled with a fantastic energy. We got spontaneous feedback from patients that while there was a shortage of beds, the staff were friendly and the care was great. Those we spoke to were completely honest about the challenges and their pride in overcoming them. We really got a sense of their tenacity in bringing the hospital back from its lowest point in its reputation to a place where they really feel proud and positive about working there. The lesson I took from this and from conversations I've had with friends and family members who work in state healthcare is that healthcare workers are not naive or oblivious. They know the problems in our system better than any of us, and those who are working in state are usually choosing to dedicate their skill and time to a public that can be extremely critical of them. The aim of this story was to create some nuance within the too frequently told story of our healthcare system in collapse. I didn't want to glorify the system, but I did want to show people who were doing good in the midst of the challenges. I'd like to think we succeeded. We visited one large, relatively well-resourced urban hospital and one very small district hospital. And I think these two are representative of many places in our state healthcare system where there is ingenuity, integrity and dedication that we need to recognize. The guy? <laughs> busy day? Yes, busy day ahead of us today. What you got? Um, so I'm going to first start with my usual ward round. State healthcare is too often a bad news story. But we're seeking out professionals providing excellence against the odds. We're at Dichlebang Regional Hospital in Bethlehem. 
grade nine, that's when I decided helping people, saving lives is what I want to do. Hello. Hi, We're tagging along on the morning rounds with intern Dr. Fulufelo Mudzwari. Dikhlabeng Regional Hospital takes referrals from five district hospitals and is a vital provider of specialized care in the province. But it hasn't always featured in the media for positive reasons. In 2015, the hospital hit the headlines for medication stockouts, dysfunctional infrastructure, and a desperate staff shortage that meant it couldn't run a 24-hour service. We hit rock bottom, and I think there was about four permanent doctors left that, other than the specialists. And at that stage, I decided, I don't want to leave it like this. Dr. Liam Selfridge was appointed clinical manager in 2015. Since then, management has worked hard to pull the hospital back together. You don't lament. You don't say, we don't have this, we don't have that. You say that I'm able to do this in spite of challenges, rather than saying, I can't do this because of challenges. Acting Head of Nursing, Matron Dimakatso Mashiani, has been at Dekhlebang for 22 years. After 2015, everything changed. It was called the hospital of death. Now it's not hospital of death. Now you're getting compliments. We really do get compliments, as much as sometimes we, we do receive the complaints, but which are being addressed immediately. Patients awaiting surgery seem to agree. The treatment here? Uh, the treatment is very good. It's good. So you're in good hands? I'm in good hands. A little bit nervous, but I know Dr. Mark is an excellent uh, doctor. And uh, what are the staff like? The nurses? No, no, very, very, uh, very helpful and very sympathetic. We're still challenged with the staff availability. But our staff having willingness to go as far as they can to reach the patients, I think that is the one that make me wake <laughs> up in the morning and come. Diklebeng now runs a full 24-hour service and is a desirable location for young doctors in training. <laughs> they tell you that by the time you leave here, you're going to have enough like tools to go into the real world where you're a doctor on your own. And we see a lot of passion in this hospital. You know, after 27 years, I'm still here because I think we can make a difference. We can help with the training of the junior doctors. That's what's kept you here. Yeah. And I think I'll still be here until they chase me away when I have to retire. So. <laughs> We've accompanied Dr. Mutswari into the operating theater of Dr. Johan for Mark. What the staff and the management of, the, of this hospital is doing, they're doing the best that they can with, with, with the financial constraints. We haven't got patients waiting longer than three to four weeks for an elective op. Yeah. And I think that's not many state hospitals that can say that. Thanks, Doctor. That was uh, quite enlightening. You were doing a lot of work there. <laughs> huh? Not as much as the surgeon. Yeah, but I mean, you were doing well there, Fulu. I'm not Dr. Watts, but from what I've seen in this hospital, when it comes to patient care, surgical procedures, and the passion of uh, all of the healthcare workers, 
If other hospitals around the country could emulate this, I think we'd be pretty close to world class. You said in 2016 that you want this to be the best hospital in the free state. Everyone has their challenges. Um, but Diklabeng has stood out mainly for service delivery right across the board from surgery, anesthesia, orthopedics and internal medicine. Every head of clinical unit that has been here for more than 10 years and some 20 years. We work around the challenges. So you wouldn't claim that the hospital is perfect? You no, know, I would not claim that it's a perfect hospital, but we are fighting to make sure that our patients are on top. Well, that wraps up Dechlabang Regional Hospital in Bethlehem, and it was quite a surprise for us. Next, we're headed to Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital in Soweto to focus not on frontline medicine, but rehabilitation. It's not just about saving lives. It's also about the quality of lives once they're discharged from hospital. Dr. Sadna Belton has headed the speech therapy and audiology department since 2001. It's been recognized for many innovations, including the first cochlear implant in a state facility in 2006. When we reach a hurdle and when we told something can't happen, we look at how else can we make this happen? More recently, the pandemic lockdown sparked another innovation. Telehealth has existed in the world for some time. Um, and so it, what that means is it's been possible to see a family or a patient who is not with you virtually. But up until then, that had been not been permitted for us. Danny Schlesinger coordinates the cochlear implant team. Surely a lot of your patients don't have the latest uh, laptops and tablets. The first thing that we did was we contacted um, all of our patients to say, what do you have available? And then we catered an individualized telehealth plan for each patient based on the technology that they had available. Although lockdowns have ended, the majority of Katia Saris's patients still choose telehealth. We get siblings to join in on sessions and uncles and aunts to join in on sessions and you're doing therapy with them in real time in their environment. How are you? I'm fine. That's good. How are you feeling about today's session? Are you feeling all right? Shabalala relies on one cochlear implant and a hearing aid. Telehealth makes life a little easier for her mom, Cindy. When she comes from school, the department is closed at the hospital, but the speech therapist will go an extra mile and do after hours. I don't need to be absent at work to take her to a speech, so I can do it at the comfort of our own home. Because you're not there, the ownership goes straight on to the parents. So you're actually counselling the parent on what to do, and they're learning the skills. Both patient attendance and outcomes have improved dramatically. Our goal was to find a substitute for therapy when someone can't come in. And I think what we've realized is that in fact, we've really been able to offer a much richer package with it. COVID compounded many of the challenges we face in this country like unemployment and uh, access to basic healthcare. But it also sparked life-changing innovation. 
they are services, they are out of this world. They are above the private facility. Sometimes you need not to listen to stories, you need to go there yourself. I'm working at a hospital because my patients have a right to the best. There should never be this thing that comparing ourselves to private healthcare, because for me, that is not the benchmark. The benchmark is actually what our patients are saying to us about the services they get. It can be hard not to believe that the challenges in our healthcare system are insurmountable, but perseverance, passion, and strong leadership really can produce excellence. <laughs> With state healthcare in dire need of life support, we can't help but remain hopeful after seeing the dedication of these healthcare heroes. And perhaps our healthcare system could slowly be revived, one committed team at a time. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.